get on with it. Okay, okay. Welcome to Galaxy of Toys Podcast, a discussion about Star Wars toys. My name is Jason. Joining me tonight from This Week in Star Wars, Matt Fox. Hello, Matt. I'm eating a cookie, man. You had to call me first? Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah. All right. Also joining us, Emperor's Royal Guard Collector Extraordinaire, Chris Moorhead. Hello, Chris. Hey, Jason. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. And returning to the show from yakface.com, we have Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello, everyone. Merry Christmas. And, of course, last but not least, from from forlompizuckus.com, Jake Stevens. This is the way. Is that a greeting? Can you greet with that, or is that afterwards? Yeah, you can greet with that. It's more of a sign-off, isn't it? As opposed to a... (laughs) What is that from? (laughs) Spoiler! We haven't haven't talked since the Mandalorian debut. I thought we were supposed to say, I have spoken. Isn't that the, the thing to say? They're both. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're both, both sign-offs. They they need to. They, Yo, here, baby Yoda's first words need to be something that everyone can start a conversation with. Since we haven't really talked about the show since since last show, because I think it hadn't aired yet, let's uh, just go around and I just would love to give everybody's just your opinion, overall opinion of the show. See if you're liking it or not. Uh, Matt, I'll start with you. Uh, Mandalorian. I really like it. Some people seem to think it's like the greatest thing ever, or at least since the original trilogy, and it's really good. I don't know if it's quite that good. Um, I've, I've enjoyed every episode, some more than others. I'm excited to see how they wrap it up this week, um, whether it's going to be a cliffhanger or not. Um, but it's got a, it's, Somebody, I think it might have been Tom Burgess, said uh, that it that it reminded him of Battlestar Galactica, the old, the original one, you know, mm-hmm. where he went planet to planet each week. And I agree with that. And I loved the old Battlestar. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that this is it. It seemed to move by really, really quick. But at the end, how much are we going to have? We're going to have like, you know, eight or nine hours of Mandalorian. And that's pretty cool. So... I hope they get season two done quickly. Yeah, me too. They haven't they haven't said when it's start season two starts, have they? No. no. And do the other ones come first or what? I don't know. So. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Jason, what's your uh, what is your thought of the show so far? Um, I'm I'm in the same boat. I really like it. It's gotten progressively better, I think, as it's gone on. The storytelling, I think, has gotten stronger. Yeah, it's from the effects and and everything it's just really cool to see something new but familiar and it's it's just really great my wife loves it which you know she tolerates my star wars fandom for the most part but she's uh she's totally on board since baby yoda was brought into the universe she's hooked all right uh chris uh, love and Mandalorian, having a great time with it. Um, the second episode, I like to call it the Jawas. Uh, that was just beautiful. Uh, some of my favorite stuff 
of the uh, Disney era, up with Rogue One and uh, Episode Seven, and uh, we'll talk about the others. Uh, we're coming up on conversation-wise. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, some of the effects aren't fully what we'd expect in a movie, but you know, it's TV, and I'm willing to give it that pass. Uh, I love seeing uh, like them take the Western genre and throw Star Wars full-hearted into it. Yeah, so. I think that Jow episode may be one of my favorites, if not my favorite. I love that one. Yeah, I love the, the comment so much about fun. Uh, the Jawa throws sass at uh, the Mandalorian <laughs> about his uh, how he speaks Jawa. He ta- says he uh, talks like a Wookiee. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I can just watch that scene on a loop. I think the Jawas need <laughs> their own series. I'd follow that. Their adventures, their day to day adventures. <laughs> Jake, what about you? Have you been enjoying it? Oh, I absolutely love Mandalorian. And I actually love how it's taken over, uh, you know, non-Star Wars segments of society. Like, Jason, you talked about your boss coming and talking to you about Baby Yoda, who's, you know, not really a Star Wars fan. And, Jason, you said your wife is watching the show. So is mine. And, uh, again, she's not a diehard like any of us weirdos. But, um, but yeah, everybody loves it. It is, like, universally... it, it it feels really good to have, you know, something that's truly embraced by like all manners of fans. That is really awesome to see. Baby Yoda's just, you know, become a mean sensation. Uh, he's too so darn cute, but also the Mandalorian's awesome. Um, I I have a great time with the show. Um, it's both for me. It's both fan service, but also you can tell. Um, Dave, uh, Dave and John are huge fans and they're getting to make dream episodes like, you know, the Imperial Troop Transport appearing. You know, it's not highlighted. It's not featured. It's just pulls up and deploys troops. But that is the greatest thing ever for us longtime fans, you know. Um, so there's lots of great nods there. There's so many Easter eggs per episode. Um, so that makes it a lot of fun. I love that it's not binged. I love that they're releasing it week to week to let us kind of digest it and play with it and rewatch it. I love that they're 30 to 40 minutes because I can consume it many, many times throughout that week and not feel like I'm, you know, losing in two hours of my life every time I watch an episode or something. So, um, yeah, I enjoy it. My, my, I think my only critique is, and this just, this is what it is. It's not even really a critique, but I feel like the episodes that are done by our junior or our rookie or new directors are really evident once you put them against someone like Deborah Chow or um, uh, Rick Famuyima. You know, they they are experienced movie directors. Dave Filoni, this is his first go at live action. This is Bryce Dallas Howard's first go at live action. And I feel like you can see direction. I mean, the stories are still great, still fun to watch, but it, it's hard to compare a really solid episode done by a veteran director with the one's next episodes done by a rookie. So I think it's got some inconsistencies there, but otherwise, uh, absolutely love the show. All right. So we're pretty much in agreement. We all like the show, which we didn't, you know, we could have, this could have gone either way. We could have all ended up hating it, but it seems like they pulled it off. No, we, and it, which is good. It, it's great. And Deborah Chow for me is one of the, she, she has some of the best episodes. Her last episode, her episode seven was her second episode she did. And that gives me such a huge vote of confidence that Kenobi is going to be amazing because she understands tension and direction and 
super excited for that series whenever it debuts. Yeah, let me tag something onto what Jake said about the fan service. And it is. There's a lot of fans, but it's smart. You yes. know, it, it's very easy to have, you know, knock it over your head, stupid fan service. And we, we got some of that maybe in the sequel trilogy and every now and then in, in other things. But, I mean, it's you got to actually be a fan to get some of this stuff. And, yeah. you know, that really it pays off. And, you know, I mean, and it's because, you know, Favreau and Filoni and those guys, they know the universe. And I, the whole series is better for it. And it's I think they've got to be happy that this is like what they kicked off the Disney Plus stuff with with this oh, yeah. series, because everybody I mean, I know like those the. As much as everybody loves the MCU and they compare MCU to Star Wars and all that, the MCU TV shows, huh, yeah. people liked <laughs> them, but they didn't, not Mandalorian level. No, no. So, you know, I think they've got to be happy that, you know, out of the shoot. I mean, I'm now more optimistic about Cassian, which I was looking forward to. And of course, looking forward to Obi-Wan, but... You know, they they pulled this could have been easy to screw up and just make one big fan service and have the Mandalorian, the greatest warrior of all time and just kind of silly. But it's it's pretty awesome. And, and that, I really think when and we've discussed this offline. There needs to be a toy line dedicated to the Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, uh, time, yes. And time for season two. Every episode alone has got, you know, two or three good figures and a vehicle. Totally no agree. Totally agree. Um, and since we talked last, the uh, the finale of the sequel trilogy happened, The Rise of Skywalker. We've all seen it. If you're listening and you haven't seen it, maybe stop listening to this podcast. We're not going to discuss it too in depth, but in case you haven't, for whatever reason, if you haven't seen it, um, we may say some spoilers in our discussion tonight. So um, with that... Um, Matt, I will go back to you. And what were your impressions of uh, the rise of Skywalker? I enjoyed it. And to preface that, I don't care that much for The Force Awakens. I think it's kind of redundant of Star Wars, derivative of Star Wars, and kind of boring. And The Last Jedi, I'm okay with, unless Rose is on the screen. And that's just... It's not a commentary on Rose. It's just I don't like the Canto bite. I don't like that part of the story. Uh, so I'm indifferent to The Last Jedi. But, but I liked this. So, you know, I think they made things in both of those previous movies pay off. They made It made both of those movies better or at least more worthwhile. And I still have a hard time thinking it's all one big saga of nine movies because these three seem so disconnected, even though they have Luke and Leia and Han in them. Um, but it could have been a lot worse. And some of it is really, really good. And they brought Palpatine back and I really like him. He's, pro he's one of my, he's probably my favorite character and they did it. They did a good job with it. I, throughout the movie, I was a little worried it wasn't going to work, and then by the end, it really worked. Um, so, I think they tried to stuff too much in. It's sort of like it should have been two movies, especially that first half. They jump around a lot and go from planet to planet to planet, and then never seems to settle down until the second half, and then it's really good. 
So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to assume you've seen it. Um, but set aside whatever you think about the first two and check this one out because it's it's the best of the three for sure and more like the original trilogy than I expected it to be. Okay. Uh, Jason, what were your thoughts? Um, I really liked it as well. I saw it for my second time today uh, with my kids and my wife. We all went. They all enjoyed it. Um, like I said, it's it finishes off the trilogy nice and neat. It it you know pays off those early little uh, most of the things they kind of alluded to. You know, we got got to see the Knights of Ren, and we got to see more of how the Force Bond thing works. And I I really like how these newer force powers that we haven't seen before paid off in the end. Like this is why it happens and this is why it works. And it's, I, 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 JJ had a, had a mountain to climb in appeasing people that were disappointed in the last Jedi. And I hope the people that didn't like that movie give this one a chance because I think it, like you said, it, it makes the previous movies better but they're not necessarily per se to to watch this one. I think this stands alone pretty well on its own, but it helps develop those previous move, two movies even better. I like Kylo Ren and Rey are two of my f- most favorite characters of this new trilogy. They act those parts so well. They're believable in their roles. Like Adam Driver's made the the sequel trilogy what it is because of how well he acts in in these movies and i i couldn't have hoped for anything better for how this pays off and then how the through line of palpatine being behind everything all along it it connects the prequel trilogy and having the force ghosts or you know the jedi spirits of the past speak to ray that was a great thing to include not only Luke and Leia, but Mace Windu and Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, Ahsoka, Kanan, just like all of these other Jedi. It, it enriches all of the other entertainment that's affiliated with Star Wars, Clone Wars, Rebels. It's I couldn't have hoped for a better pay, hope for a better payoff. All right. Uh, J- Jason, this brings up your con- your conversation we've had previously in our messenger thread is um, about who's whose nine part story is this, right? Right. You would you you would mention that, you know, it's great to bring Palpatine back. But is this Palpatine's story from beginning to end? Is it the rise and fall of him or is it Skywalker's? If you look at it, you know, like I I assume people have watched um, Freddie Prince Jr.'s take on how the force (laughs) works and everything and this movie is exactly what he said you you can tell what's going to happen by how the force is supposed to work about the balance and this does that uh, the skywalkers fall and so does palpatine you know it's it it totally makes sense and it is a story of both of those families the skywalkers their rise and their defeat of the Sith and Palpatine and the Jedi sort, you know, they, they do continue on through Ray. I, yeah. Like, like I said, I think it's, it is both of their stories and it, it makes sense to be as much a Palpatine story as 
or Palpatine as much as um, a Skywalker story. Yeah, it, it is. It does bring into question like uh, the power of the chosen one. And is it really that special or does it lead? Does the chosen one lead to the diode or dyad that is Kylo and Ray? And there, there's just so the beautiful thing about this movie is you walk away. And even though it answered so many questions, you have so many more questions. Right. But in a good way, it, it, yeah. it, it lends itself to healthy questioning, not like wait, what happened again? Or, you know, yep. Anakin, I, I'm, I'm, cause I used to just go, well, this is the story of Anakin, right? The first right. three episodes are his downfall, you know, his turn to the dark side. And then the second three are his redemption. So it's mm-hmm. the, it was, and I think George had always said it was the story of Anakin, mm-hmm. but yeah. since they, you know, they wanted more episodes. Now they're calling it the Skywalker, you know, it's not the story of Anakin, right. it's the Skywalkers. So, Anakin was the chosen one. So, I, I mean, I can only say that it was Anakin, he was the chosen one because his bloodline would destroy the Sith. Right. And not him, maybe just not him. But his bloodline didn't destroy the Sith. Palpatine's <laughs> bloodline destroyed it, the it Sith. influenced well, the, his adopted bloodline, his adopted yeah. daughter. Why, you know, I was watching episode yeah. one, I guess, on Friday. And I just watched, you know, Palpatine as, you know, the senator from Naboo mm-hmm. rising up. And I'm here like, hold it. He's this is where he starts. And then he dies at the end of nine. And that's the climax. So I'm here like, so this is Palpatine's story now. And I mean, if I don't know if it's I mean, Palpatine made Anakin. Right. Or, you know, according to the comics, the EU and the yeah, comics. Yeah. And who knows what I don't know what the status of that is now. But it's heavily implied, regardless. So, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and Anakin may be the chosen one, but mm-hmm. he's out in episode six. Apart yeah. from a voice cameo in this one. Yeah, I had really hoped Anakin, and I'm, I'm for the most part, I'm happy with this new trilogy. I feel it is a bit disconnected from the first six movies, but, um, but I was hoping Anakin would play a bigger part in the movie. I really since wanted he, Since he was so much a part of the original six movies. And I'm, right. I was, you know, I'm a little disappointed he wasn't in it I, uh, more than just that one voiceover, which is very hard to hear. At least it was at my viewing. So I don't know what, what I'm c- confused about is why is Palpatine still alive? They don't really explain that. Just um, yeah. Yeah. On my, unnatural. On my second viewing, I, that, that was my main goal is to understand how he's mm-hmm. alive and they purposely leave it ambiguous they yeah. honestly do because he makes one reference where he says i have fallen before and so will you when he throws kylo mm-hmm. um and then he also says i've died before mm-hmm. and so I, i'm going to take the fact that he says he's fallen and he's died that the fact that he has put himself into clone bodies and going back to 1980 uh, 92 when mm-hmm. dark empire came out he cloned right. his he cloned himself, but the force the Sith energy was so malignant that it deteriorated these clone bodies that he had to keep putting himself in bodies because they weren't strong enough to harness his power. So that's the only solution I have. To he explain. needed to put himself until he what was it? He was trying to take Anakin Luke. Solo, or, right? In the so, end of those books, he wanted the the kid of Han and Leia. Right. Well, yeah. Well, his... first he wanted Luke, right? And that's why he yeah, cloned. Yeah. I guess first yeah. he wanted Luke, and that's in this one he wants Ray. Yeah. 
So this is very Dark Empire. Very. And I'm actually going to reread Dark Empire. I haven't read it in a very long time. I'm going to reread it. Even um, with the planet-killing weapons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Leia being a Jedi in training and having a lightsaber, that's Dark Empire. I, I love and, seeing that. And that, that, tank, that tank that Snoke was in, or that clone of Snoke or whatever, mm-hmm. there were that was a Dark there. Empire tank, I think. Right. So. Yeah, I looked at that again today because I wasn't sure what I saw the first time I watched it because there was so much going on. It's like it's like you need to watch it a second time just to miss half of the or catch up on half the stuff you missed the first time. Yeah. But there were definitely two Snoke oh, yes. creatures yeah. in that yeah. tank. So but it was cool. I like how they explained that away. It's, I wish, you know, say what you will about the trailers they released. I wish they wouldn't have released that one that said, you know, when Palpatine is talking to Kylo Ren as he's entering Exegol. It says you're the voice. He's, been, he's always been mm-hmm. those voices. I wish they wouldn't have revealed that because that was a huge payoff. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's why I stopped watching trailers. Well, yeah, that was, but for what it's worth, I was in the first five minutes of the movie. True. Yeah. But it, it, it told why, or you know, it, it explained in that scene alone that Pelton's been around this entire time messing with Kylo Ren. Like, Kylo so Ren we're, is... we're supposed to assume that if when Kylo Ren, especially, well, I guess only in The Force Awakens, when he was like talking to Vader's helmet, right. saying, guide me, help me. Yes. That he wasn't actually talking to Vader. He was right. talking to Palpatine. That's so what he's I been messed up because of Palpatine the whole time. Everything he's done, the killing of thousands of millions of people, whatever, it's because Palpatine has twisted him. And that's what allowed me to accept that, you know, is is Kylo Ren redeemable? And I think, yes, because he's been perverted this entire time by Palpatine. Not that, you know, if he was just some murderous guy that you have no empathy for. I could see that person, that version of Kylo Ren not being redeemed, but since he was twisted and manipulated so heavily by, by Palpatine better than how he manipulated Anakin, I think in the original or in the prequels. Oh yeah, absolutely. Anakin just comes off as dumb. Yeah. He's just, he's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to chop off Mace Windows. It was an afterthought writing wise. Yeah. Well, this was told a better corruption story was told this way. Yes, but what is the goal? Since it seemed like Palpatine was clearly after Ray, his mm-hmm. granddaughter, what was the reason to corrupt or even get involved in Kylo's or Ben's life? Because I think Ben is like ten years older than Ray, I right. think. And she's and so that means he would have started a corruption before she even existed. Right. I don't and know. I mean that's I, I think that's why, you know, he gave, did he give up then on the quest of Kylo and go for Ray? Right. I don't know. Let's admit it. We need a new episode seven and eight. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think story in it. Well, we don't get the damn novel until like May of next year. So I'm pretty sure they're going to. There's a lot of backstory. Yeah. I I wanted the Kylo Ren backstory before, but now there's a higher priority. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, Chris, I didn't get to you. What was your thoughts on the movie? Uh, well, going back, uh, I really like The Force Awakens. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I do feel I am very conflicted about Episode Eight. Um, 
I've always felt that episode seven was going to be very dependent upon the films that it came after it on its long-term perception. Mm -hmm. And it, it made it more difficult to enjoy it after episode eight. Um, I, I do not hate episode eight. I, I have, there's certain moments of absolute brilliance in the film, but there's others that are just chalkboard scratching out of place. Um, and I really feel like JJ was given a, a very difficult task to start from where he was left and to wrap up the saga. I mean, I, in a way, feel like episode eight kind of killed fan speculation because we had nothing to go off of where they were going to go. And I think JJ did an amazing job. There's some flaws in the film. Yep. Uh, the, the, the first third is very jumpy and a little disconjoined, but I think that's a function of having so much to accomplish in this movie and things and a lot of the stuff that you guys were just talking about explanations that you're interested in that just, there was no time for that in a, even a four hour cut of this movie. There's just no way you're going to get to all that and service all that stuff effectively. Um, like, do you think, sorry to cut in, but like the, uh, do you think it would have been as accepted if the episode of the Mandalorian didn't come out where it shows baby Yoda healing? I, I don't think that had a, a big play on it. That personally. helped me. I think it helped me. It definitely too. helped me like it. Yeah. Yeah. But there's yeah. always been a new force power in every Star Wars movie. And Going back from a new hope to empire, there's always, they've always tacked on something new, either light or dark side. So it wouldn't have shocked me to see, force healing i mean it's been in every video game in existence based on star wars so and, right so and, and and ben ben not only healed ray he brought her back to life right right yeah because she was and dead. that and that was what anakin's quest was in revenge of the sith how to stop those he loved from dying yeah right so really yeah. ben figured mm. out what ben figured out what vader or or anakin was trying to do he figured yep. it out well he figured out yeah but sacrificed himself Right. Well, I yes. like that's like the the person who's drowned has about five minutes to be resuscitated before permanent brain death <laughs> happens. Right. I, I feel like he kind of got to her. Yes, she was dead, but you know she the, still enough was there to pull her back from the brink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. There's there's some were really I. One thing I liked about I did like this. Uh, Personally, I liked the movie. Um, I really liked Episode Eight, though. So I'm not I'm not coming off of an Episode Eight saying I really I thought that was a drag. Looking for something better. I really enjoyed Episode Eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I did too. So, so I didn't I wasn't coming into this saying please make up for Episode Eight. I was already, I was always I was already happy with Episode Eight. So yeah. whatever they did, I was kind of looking forward to. I think one of my favorite things about this film was the scene with and unexpected was the scene with uh, Ben and Han. Oh, yeah, and, and the memory of and the memory of Han saves Ben, and it kind of goes back to the first uh, The Force Awakens when Han is telling Leia, "What can I do?" And Leia's like, "You, you know, Luke's like, why? If how can I save him if Luke couldn't?" And then Leia says, "Luke's a Jedi. You're his father." And ultimately, what she said was right because it was his father's his memory of his father that saved him. He turned back to the light side because of his father, not because of the Jedi. It's almost a word-for-word replay of that whole Han's death scene, and it Mm -hmm. it, it repaints it in a different light. Yeah, it really worked. And and, and that works because 
Kylo Ren says to him, he's like, you're just a memory. That's mm-hmm. his last memory. And so that's is those words and his actions played out exactly because that's what he that's what happened the last time he saw him. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he said I'm glad he said it was a memory. Otherwise, there would be endless speculation was on a force ghost. No blue flicker. No blue flicker. No force. Well, Yoda didn't have much blue flicker in uh, the last. He Jedi. did. True. Yeah, he was just blue. He, uh, I honestly think yeah, Leia brought this memory to him. Yeah. I think Leia. I think yeah. that was Leia's final act. That was yeah. her. And that's how she died. That brought him. That she. She somehow triggered this memory, this connection, this experience, mm. because otherwise she died just like Padme. She's laid down and gave up for her kids. So yeah, yeah. we don't want to go there. I want to go there thinking that she brought this to she brought this this resolution, this, you know, took away that guilt and that pain from Ben. And that was her last act. Um, I, I screamed out what? I mean, the, the the whole theater was quiet because there was some sni- sniffling going on because Leia was just died and Ben was, you know, just we thought he was dying or Kylo. And then when they are panning in, they, they panned in on Kylo's head and you hear, hey, kid. And that was the last thing that Luke said to him, yeah, right? He said, it was Luke. Around yeah. Yeah. You think it's Luke. And they pan and my brain was expecting Luke. And when they show Han and I realized that it's not just a Force Awakens, they didn't lift it from Force Awakens, that Harrison was actually there filming new scenes. I, I'm I'm fine admitting I started ugly, hard crying <laughs> at that scene. I was a mess. Oh, so whole Harrison's not even scene. credited in it. No, either. he's not. Nope. He's not in the no, credits. He's, not. he's uncredited. Nope. Oh, wow. They didn't yeah. even want they did. They they they. They really were keeping it secret then. They didn't even yeah, want well, anybody working on well, the credits to know. We should have known when he showed up at the blue carpet special. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you got to reinvite all the original cast. Well, he, he didn't come to the other ones. Right. No. I mean, it was the same thing. It's like when they had the episode eight and Frank Oz showed up. And I said, oh, that's nice of Frank Oz to show up. That's unexpected. <laughs> and then he showed up in the movie. And I said exactly the same thing to my kid when Harrison Ford showed up. I go, oh, wow, Harrison Ford showed up. He didn't have to do that. <laughs> and he's in the movie. So the uh the um what was I going to say about the Harrison? Oh, oh, you know that that scene was supposed to be Leia. And when she died, they went, yeah. "Han, you need us Harrison, you need to do us a solid." Well, it worked was, it worked better with Harrison than it right, could have no, Leia. No, it did, but you yeah. know that was going to be her scene that had to have yep. been. It makes you realize that his sacrifice wasn't in vain. And it, it took a while, but it eventually took. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So didn't, um, kind of going to the CG portion of it where, you know, JJ said they weren't going to CGI Leia back or Carrie back in. But they, he kind of fibbed a little bit on that since she's CGI when they show her JJ fib. What? Yeah. Oh. It's not as bad as, you know, Harrison or whatever his name is from star Trek. When he said he wasn't. Yeah. Gone, but, um, no. Well, you but, mean uh, the, you, uh, de-aged Luke and Leia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch I that all day long. So that was about my least favorite part of the movie because it looked so bad. It did. And it I looked like a video game. I can I can get past it because it's a memory. Yeah. yeah. Memories don't always look it's right. It's dark. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think can, I'm good with it, but yeah, I agree. It didn't look that great. 
I, I think there was a couple points that pulled me out of the film, and one of them was uh, Carrie's scenes. I mean, they yeah. they they didn't seem as polished as everything else around them, right? And I know that that oh, JJ had a tall order. He had to course correct from Last Jedi. He had to write a scenes around a actor who's passed away, and he needed to sum up nine movies. That, that's a tall tall order. He did an outstanding job, but but the Leia, the edits, and the just the kind of like the unnatural movement she had from time to time because they obviously had someone on set who they put her face on or whatever. It just it, it, it threw me out a little bit of the series. I'll get used to it as I watch it more. But. I think so. Like when Tarkin was on Rogue One the first time, I mm-hmm. was like, whoa, this is this is maybe too weird for me. Uncanny but after Valley. I watched it a bunch of times, I don't even notice anymore. Yeah, yeah, now it's fine. And now when I watch A New Hope, I'm like, something doesn't look right about Tarkin. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, you know, I think with repeat viewings, your brain will uh, yeah. adjust yeah, to what it looks like, and it may not be as bad. If this was, if Lucas was still in charge, they'd probably redo it every few years to make it look better, oh. or 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 no, try to make it look better, but. Um, so where are you guys at with Finn potentially being force sensitive? Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I'm sorry. I'm a Finn fan. And yeah. that just, I, I love it. On my second viewing, I counted four different times that he used the force. Okay. He you said that. And felt where? Things. where did um, you see that? So when he looks out the window, when they're on Pasana and says, where's Ray? And he stares out and he's looking at Ray and then his face changes and he goes, Ren's here. Yeah. And then he felt Leia's passing. He went mm-hmm. Leia, and then he felt Ray's passing. And uh, what was the fourth one? There was there a was, fourth one. There, there was one time making... where they were like looking. Were they looking for Ray? And is that or is that what you already said? Where they're like, how do you know? How do you know she's there? And he's like, I felt it. Yeah, so, yeah. He kept saying he's, he has a feeling. He had a feeling. And but, he kept wanting. He, said, to, he kept yeah, wanting yeah. to tell Ray something. Right. And, and I JJ clarified time, that today. Did he? Did yeah, he say it's because he had the force? Yeah. yeah. As opposed so, to, I thought it was going to be. I love you. Her. Right. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, and you guys are going to hate me for saying this. I thought it was going to be he wanted to tell Ray that he was actually in love with Rose and not her. Well, they they wrote that out of Re- Rebels. Uh, there's so many Resistance Rise Rebels mm-hmm. names out there right Something now. Something starts with an R. The the, no, the novel Resistance Reborn is that it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The tie-in yeah. novel. He they wrote out his feelings for Ray and for. Rose in that movie because oh. he, he acknowledges to being just friends with both of them. Oh, she but put Rose, her in the friend zone. But Rose is pining for Finn, so she's irritated with him the whole as, time as, because she thinks he's got the hots for Ray. As much but, as, pe- as much as people didn't like Rose in the Last Jedi, and I actually did, thought she was fine, but I wish they would have given her at least one scene in this movie to do something really cool, just like in uh, Revenge of the Sith. I was hoping George would give Jar Jar Binks something one really cool thing to do. Listen, if they're not going to give R2-D2 Jack Craft to do, they're not going to give Rose. I think this movie short, <laughs> shorted R2 once again. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't – he doesn't have any time to shine here. 3PO got his – got his, you know, yeah. got his limelight, yes. which is fine. It was almost it was almost strange seeing 3PO act so much, interact so much with the new crew, new crew because they're so used to 3PO not doing much. Yeah. What's well, cool. JJ captured the magic with Finn and Poe, though. Mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, they're, God, they're, they're, they're just fun oh. to watch. Yeah. yeah. And Poe, I mean, Poe's now my favorite of the new characters. I I always thought he had 
he could have been, but they never gave him enough to do in seven and eight. Yeah. Uh, well, eight, he had the weird arc. But, uh, yeah, no, Poe was, he's a lot of fun. Do you think uh, they would give Poe like he's trying to get on everything that walks, too. <laughs> do you think I they'd like give Poe his own movie or his own movie or TV series? He said he doesn't want one. Mm. I don't think any of them want one. I think, I honestly, I think they're all scarred from eight. I think they all yeah. took a lot of crap, and they they yeah. want to just kind of like, hey, let's do nine, and we're we're good. Check please, we're we're out. Oh. Yeah, that's how I honestly feel. Um, oh, well, that's it? how I thought they all felt after the prequels, all the prequel stars. Yeah, yeah, you know, they're In all time, coming back. When that con money starts calling for them, exactly. and the big acting roles don't come anymore, they'll show up. Um, did you? Uh, did anyone else feel like again? I, I really enjoyed the movie, but you know it's not perfect. I felt there was too many death fakeouts. Yes. I feel like like the, we start the movie thinking Chewie's dead, right? Oh, and yeah. then and then we get Leia, but she doesn't vanish. And then we get Ben, but then he gets healed. And then we get Ray, and she gets healed. And then we get Ben, and then we get Palpatine. I mean, there's just a lot of like, yeah. are you dead or not dead? I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, I, I was thinking that, yeah, when Ren died and then didn't die, that yeah. that troubled me. I also thought that they just added too many new characters that yep. weren't necessary. Jaina, mm-hmm. Jaina and Zori were fine, but we had characters we could have used. You right. know? And, you know, Hux, why did they add pride he was fine he was good oh you know, he was one of my favorite new characters i'm he's, glad they added you know, pride he's fine but why why couldn't hux have just been bad the whole because time? after after uh uh the last uh, jedi we 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 don't take hux as serious uh, well, as he bad. didn't he have a position snoke snoke worked with hux's father and therefore he kind of he knows the viciousness that's in the hux family line and this is and all snoke in the is palpatine stuff. right Snoke's yeah palpatine. well but regardless, that you know, that's why Snoke was keeping Hux close, right? Yeah. Kind of balanced out the recklessness of Kylo. And so once Kylo was in charge, Snoke obviously was demoted or given less of a position or just treated like a right. No, know. yeah, but whatever. But he's always had a contentious relationship with Kylo. Right. Yeah. They were, but they were equals, the and now they're not. In the first. <laughs> yeah. What? Lifelong frenemies till the end. Um, I like Pride, so I'm I'm not with you on he's that fine. one. Yet. I, I like him. He's more than fine. He was super the awesome. He was. Well, he doesn't need to be much. I mean, he conveyed evil the way. I mean, you know, it's hard he to compare good, to Peter like Cushing, but he good. was like as good as Peter Cushing. I thought. Yep. He um. I I like that they tied it to the Empire, though. You know, yeah. as I served you in the old wars, I serve you in the new wars. You know, because I, I mean, that, that's still that's a real foggy area. I mean, like, are those all those Sith acolytes? Like, there was millions in that arena. You know, are those it, in the in the visual? I really need a better look at. No, all they're, that. Not. they're not. Nothing. It's not in the visual. Exegol is very small in the mm. in the visual guide, and Palpatine doesn't exist in it. That's too bad. So it is really bad. You know, they, 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 they went different with the visual guide for this one. You know, the first 30 pages is uh, based on The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. And they retell some of the explanations of them 
through the lens of episode nine. So like when they talk about Snoke again, it's all these scenes and what he did during The Last Jedi, but they give like his home planet birth as Exegol. So they're starting to, I don't know, lack of a better word, retcon yeah. a lot of things that have been explained for a while. Uh, Chris, the new Emperor's Royal Guards lived up to their legacy, didn't they? <laughs> no, well, like, the second you see them on screen and you realize they have different helmets, A, yeah. I knew they were going to fight. Because you don't change the helmet unless you need them to fight. Because you can't fight in those helmets. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I love them to death, but there's no you, they can barely walk. Like, I couldn't I, actually. I couldn't get a. I didn't get a cl- oh, good. I need to watch no, this film didn't. again. I couldn't see them well enough to know what they looked like. I knew yeah, they were royal guards. Yeah. Are they in the Are they in the visual guide? No. No. Ugh. Um. Here, but, let's. Uh, they, sorry, you know. They're not the true royal guards, so you know, oh. I think they went down with Death Star too, sadly. Okay. Well, people survived that, dude. Come on now. Were you disappointed that you didn't see any royal guard remnants on the Death Star? That would have been nice. I I expected to see some in the throne. Yeah, room. they should have been in that little side room where the 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 wayfinder the artifact was. Where, where they, where they couldn't protect Palpatine because they were on break. Or whatever. They were like taking a coffee break while yeah, Palpatine got thrown totally down the shaft by Vader. Yeah. Uh, I like how they handled Evil Ray. That that worked yeah. for me. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, that scared me when she showed her teeth. Oh yeah. Oh, it's frightening because <laughs> Daisy Ridley is gorgeous, and I don't want that to come out of Daisy. But um, the problem with that scene is, I mean, what 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 was that? Was that a? I mean, because. When she had her force back vision and force awakens, it felt a certain way. This was a lightsaber fight with what? With who? What was she doing? This she they didn't was, frame it in the same vision style she aesthetic. Was her potential future. Yeah, you know, but it was the, it was the Dagobah vision. cave. It was the yeah. Dagobah cave of this. Dagobah cave, exactly. But it, but but Dagobah cave was filmed in slow motion. I mean, they changed the film. They changed. They changed the way the they aperture don't have time is and for all slow stuff. motion. This they got a lot to cover <laughs> in this film. That was a good director. This is JJ. Oh, <laughs> ooh. Um, did this you... is something that bothered me. And I, maybe I, I, maybe JJ maybe it's like now it's just like a nod and wink, tongue and cheek kind of joke in a Star Wars movie. But why did the Star Destroyers have to be able to blow up planets? Well. I, you know, I mean, isn't just having a million Star Destroyers scary enough? Why do they have to have planet-killing abilities? 30 years of technology. That's what I tell myself. 30 years of technology. Right now, I can play every single 8-bit Nintendo game I ever wanted on my cell phone. Whereas 30 years ago, it cost me a $45 cartridge per one game. I just think mm-hmm. time and advancement and yeah. somehow unlimited resources. Trick. Yeah. Can we talk about that? I think Adam Driver and I think Jason, you said it that he's just the acting was brilliant. That when he became Ben Solo again, when he turned from dark to light, he had a different personality. Absolutely, and it was a lot of fun to watch him be a Jedi at the yeah. end there with Can Han Solo smugness, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was- does the behind the back shot just like han did in the force awakens yep. he does the shrug when he pulls out the saber kind of like han does like hey you know <laughs> i liked when he said ouch you know yeah when he jumped on the statue he was like ow yeah that <laughs> was, that was fun. last words ow oh <laughs> that's funny 
not really though. That's kind of sad. Okay, when they went Raylo, I about like, whoa, we're going here with the kiss. And then of course they answered it. It was really surprising. Yeah, I didn't expect that. Didn't expect that. But yeah, I think we all agree the pace of the film is I mean, it's really dense. It's almost too dense. It's too. It's like oh. ro- the beginning of Rogue One. Rogue One jumps, 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 yes. and you kind of like you're trying to play catch up. I mean, the fact that we just learned, like I just learned from the visual guide, that that very opening scene is a battle on Mustafar, and those yeah. guys are trying to stop Kylo from getting into Vader's castle. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, I didn't Mustafar? pick that up at all. Was Vader's no, castle in the movie? Up that was M- Mustafar. I picked up that it was Mustafar. Was or Vader's like the lava planet, planet from yeah. The, yeah. But I mean, how crazy awesome would it be to get us an establishing shot of Vader's castle and yeah, him working cool. his way there? That, would that be was crazy awesome. That would be good directing. <laughs> that that's a missed opportunity there. There's a missed opportunity. I'd rather right. have had that scene than Chewie get handed a medal at the end, oh, or Wicket appear in a cameo for no reason at the end on Endor. That's the There's bad a... fan service that I was talking about during <laughs> yeah. Mandalore. Okay. Um, Coruscant, Coruscant should have been included, but yeah. that's yes. Instead of Cloud City, I think. Yes. We yeah. Coruscant or Naboo or something. Yeah, I agree. Uh... I'm looking forward to watching this again, and home videos supposedly coming out March 31st, so um, well, it'll be are, fun to be able to pause things and really look at some of this stuff, because without a, if if, if, if what you all are saying and this isn't in the visual guides, then it's, there's a lot of stuff I would really want to get a better look at. Yeah. I want to figure out what all the Jedi say. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't make it much of it out. Yeah, there's like 10. Yeah, and they got Hayden to be Anakin, and they got Ahsoka, and they got Freddie Prince. I mean, that's just... Had I not been told Hayden's voice was in there, I never... I probably yeah, missed it. This was the toughest to make out, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he was the only one that I know what he said. He, he said, bring bring balance like I did, or something like that. Did he? Honestly, yeah, I didn't better. That. Hopefully do it better than he did. <laughs> yeah, well, didn't better. work out. And All are right, we to it's... believe that the last thing? Are we to believe okay. that Ray lives now on the Lars homestead? No. no. Why would she do that? There's nothing because there. Because the track, the track of music, John Williams' score, the the track is labeled a new home. A new, new home, home is the name of the track when she's at, no, but the, you know she sled down there. She was raised on a desert planet. That's yeah. going to be natural to her. That's gonna be. I, I think. I think her and Finn move in and have Finn. beautiful babies here in the home. No. Stead. No. 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 And they go to Tashi no, Station. No. No. Yeah. No, no, no. They do. I think she's staying there. I give you that. It could no. be. No. She went there to bury those lightsabers. Maybe that's the home. The you know a new oh, home. For those. She's taking Luke home. Right. Luke and, and Leia. Why would you bury lightsabers? I still. That's not don't... Leia's home. Why would you bury those? Why wouldn't you just take those with you so if you get some new pupils, you can let them use them for practice or something? <laughs> well, that, no, that's they're not really supposed good. to do Jedi or Sith. I mean, that's the thing, though, right? That's why her saber's yellow. The, we're done with we're done with these religious sects no, uh, when we're it not comes done. to the Force. No, no, that you got to no, bury no, no, them. No, no. You got to bury them for Episode Ten and 20. exactly. <laughs> I when guarantee. I guarantee there will old. be those lightsabers are coming back out of the ground, and some maybe Baby Yoda digs them up at some point. I don't know, but those lightsabers are coming back. Yeah, well, I like 
I like that they gave her the yellow blade. I didn't. I'm not sure if I'm sold on the design of her lightsaber. Really, it's I, her staff, right? Right, part of it anyway. It's yeah, I I get what they were going with, but I I I would I guess prefer she kept Luke's, but I don't. Know. Yeah. Well, anyone that as soon as you realized or... that she was going to be the, the lightsaber-wielding character in this trilogy, I knew that that staff eventually was going to sport a lightsaber. Right. Well, anyone who bought the six-inch figure for Rise of Skywalker already knows that the saber is compatible and with, that staff, the, with the staff. Yeah, that it staff looks like the it. Darth Plagueis staff. Ray's yeah. staff, doesn't it? Isn't, doesn't it resemble the uh, Darth Plagueis, um, the action figure? The uh... Well... That is her grandfather's mentor, so... Yeah. <laughs> it's also right. Darth Maul parts. Yeah, yeah. Parts. yeah, I saw Maul. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, let's <laughs> do our annual, our annual best of, worst of Star Wars toys. Like we've done every year for the last, what, seven years? <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> <clears throat> Here we go. Matt, I'm going to start with you. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. 2019. What was the worst Black Series Star Wars six-inch figure? The worst, I'm going to say, is Supreme Leader Kylo Ren, just because it's just another Kylo Ren action figure. Hmm. Okay. Not that exciting. I... <laughs> it's not exciting, but you know, whatever. There weren't. I don't think there were any tragically awful ones. Yeah, yeah. Unless somebody else can thought of one that I couldn't remember. Jason, what about you? Um, I also went with Supreme Leader Kylo Ren just because it is the Episode Eight one with a cracked helmet. You know, the cape is new with the hood and stuff, but after seeing the movie. And how he looked at the beginning, how disheveled and dirtied up he was after kicking all those guys' ass on Mustafar. I wish he looked like that. Or yeah. give him Wayfinder or something else in there besides the same lightsaber, the same hilt, and the same body. It was Give him a removable cloak so he can become Ben at the end. Some, yeah. Something. Hasbro I mean, yeah, did not set. know. There's no way they told Hasbro any of that. No, that's <laughs> no, no, that's no, 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 no. Hey, we got seventy percent of stock coming, right? Yeah, we got seventy percent right. of toys from Mandalorian, from <laughs> the Jedi Fallen Order, and the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, believe that when I see that. Uh, Chris, on to you. Worst Black Series figure, 2019. Uh, this is a real tough one for me because I really don't pay that much attention to the six inch, um, but. And then this purely goes to because I just don't like the design of the character. I don't know if the character is interesting per se. I just, from a visual standpoint, I don't like the way the character was designed. Mm-hmm. And that's um, Cal Tysis, the one from the Fallen Order yes. game. The game looks awesome, but the char- I just I'm not a fan of the, the character that they chose for the hero of that one. So I'm basically I'm gonna throw that on the six inch figure. So. Okay. It's probably a great figure. I don't know. <laughs> All right. but, but it's the worst. Uh, great figure or not, it's the worst. <laughs> it's the one I least want to have out of the list, I guess. And, Jake, and, what was the worst uh, six-inch figure of the year? 
You know, and this this goes back to uh, what was that last year when they did one of these as well. I'm not a fan of how Black Series line does spirit figures. You know, I'm an Obi Wan guy, but that Obi Wan figure is not my favorite. Um, I like the box design on it better than the actual figure, and so I have to throw Yoda under the bus this oh, time. Oh, seriously? I, yeah, no, I'm not a I fan. Like that I one. just I don't like. I don't know what it is about it. I would prefer it to go. Power of the Force 2 solid, hollow, clear sheen plastic than what the the All half right. translucence that they do and the capes are, you know, I, I don't mm. know. I, I'm just not a fan. I don't know. I do. Okay. It's it's not for me. <clears throat> That's uh, yeah. for, for my pick, the uh, worst Black Series figure of 2019, I have a two-way tie <laughs> between Ray and Chewbacca from the Disney's at Smuggler's Run four-pack. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It seemed those seem really redundant. What a shame to have to rebuy those two figures to get that really cool uh, Hondo figure. Oh, Jason, you when you go, you're gonna want to buy the characters you talk to in Galaxy's End. Right. Well, that's why I'm. And that that's Ray why I, and that those two are getting around. Yeah. Well, those two are my losers of the year for uh, Black Series. Because <laughs> they're. Redundant. I don't want those figures again. No. No. So yeah. So there's that. <laughs> All right. From the worst to the best, uh, back to you, Matt. What was the best Black Series six-inch figure of the year? Okay. Um, honorable mentions. I really liked the uh, Palpatine with the throne, uh, the Amazon exclusive. I liked, um, really liked the heavy infantry Mandalorian. That probably would have been uh, my winner. And Cara Dune, I thought she was really well done. But my winner is that awesome Hondo figure from the <laughs> Galaxy's Edge, just because they made him, and he's the best. And it and it, it really is a cool figure. It's it's very well done. It looks just like him. They put a lot of effort into a figure that a lot of people are never even going to see. Um, but he's the only one I've got out on my desk from this year, so he's the winner. Okay. And you just uh, you just got back from Galaxy's Edge, Matt. What'd you think? Last week, I loved it. Uh, it was, you know, was I expected new- to like it. I liked it more than I expected. How was I that new ride? That. You're the only one who's been on it. Yeah. Rise of, Rise of uh, the Resistance. I went on it twice. It's And it's different. It was different each time. Uh, oh, really? But that was going to be the case. But, yeah, there was a different course that we went on. Um, <clears throat> it's very cool. It's very intricate. Um, there's a little bit of how did they do that in it. And... Uh, you know, obviously, if you go write it, um, but I mean, I can see why initially it's having some technical difficulties because there's a lot of stuff going on. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It's better than the Falcon ride. That's what I was hoping. I mean, <laughs> the Falcon ride is fine, but you're just looking at a 3D screen mm-hmm. and, you know, pulling levers and all that. And then it's going to that's an experience more than a ride, I think. Um, but, yeah, uh, Rise of the Resistance was fun. But just walking around the town, uh, there was I sort of expected it to be just like one street with a ride at one end and a ride at the other and some stuff in between. But it's much more involved. And I'm sure that, you know, everybody that's been to it at Disneyland and all that knows um, what I'm talking about. But, yeah, uh, I really liked it. Uh, Some of the stuff they have available there is really cool including the best black series figure of the year. So <laughs> okay. um, everybody at on that hotel, what Where are they at on that hotel? Uh, 
I took some pictures. Uh, the bus that we took from our hotel to the Magic Kingdom went right by the construction site. And it's not as big as one would have thought for a hotel. It's clearly going to be, you know, a boutique kind of place. Uh, but it's also further along than I would have anticipated. I mean, if they say, what do they say, 2022? Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it. You know, it's right now. It just it's just a construction site, and if you didn't know that it's being built and where it's being built in relation to Galaxy's Edge, you might not have thought. I mean, there's no outside indication of what you're looking at as the Star Wars Hotel, but it's it's there and they're making progress. Jason, what was the best Black Series six inch figure this year? Um, I went with the Heavy Infantry Mandalorian. That's that's a great figure. Um, the bulk of it, I mean, it's it's a hefty figure. It captures the look, you know, the size of the character in the Mandalorian. Um, it can hold its weapon. Like you know, sometimes that comes into play when you're playing with your toys. That they come with all this great stuff, and sometimes it doesn't work with the figure. But just the articulation, the the ability to um, put them in the cool flying poses and also holding that big gun, being able to clip it onto his jet pack, um, having the flame. It, even though it doesn't include some of the cool flame accessories like for the jet pack or his gauntlet, other Hasbro accessories from like Marvel do work with it. So like you could um, pull up, uh, plug in like uh, uh, flame effects from, like uh, Iron Man that would shoot out of his hands or his feet or whatnot, you could plug those into his in his jetpack to kind of improve the playability of the figure if if you were so inclined. Um, it's just the paint, the deco, the, like I said, the articulation and the overall weight of the figure. It's just a really solid, really solid figure. So I'm happy with that one. And you, we didn't get many figures from the Mandalorian, so mm-hmm. it was cool to get. Uh, an all-new character kind of as a surprise towards the end of this year on the yeah. day of the figure's debut too was right was really cool yeah uh chris uh well i didn't buy any six inch figures this year but i did have the good fortune of being able to uh trade two vintage stormtroopers incomplete to our good friend sam who had acquired an extra emperor six inch with throne so i did get myself a six inch figure this year and uh he looks fantastic with the guards with him the the accessory piece or as i like to call them sometimes successory pieces uh really makes it and uh i'm very happy to have it and i would i'll call it my favorite figure of the year for six inch Mm mm-hmm Jake, what was the best uh, six-inch Black Series figure of 2019? Um, my vote goes for a character who they never did in three and three-quarter um, in the last year and a half, and uh, also because they implemented new uh, new uh, paint. Um, I don't know, paint, uh, I don't want to say deco, but um, the Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss is going as my figure because... Um, he's got that color temperature change paint to uh, give his veiny look and also to bring out glow on his um, vibro daggers. And then also because that was a character I actually enjoyed. I really loved Paul Bettany in that role in Solo. And I was sad not to get a um, 
three and three quarter figure. So Dryden gets my vote vote. Cause I also, I have, I was waiting till the last episode of Mandalorian to open up all my Mandalorian figures. I have them all, but mm-hmm. I haven't opened them yet. So I can't cast my vote behind them yet. Okay. Um, I'm with Chris uh, on this one. My, my pick for the best figure of the year is the Emperor. Um, I I love it. It looks great. It looks just so nice. I know most of it's I think reused parts, but the parts that they improved on are greatly improved. Um, combined with the throne he comes with and the extra accessories, where you can actually take the other Emperor that wasn't very good and make him a little better with the, with the leftovers. Um, <laughs> so cool. So uh, yes, I'm with Chris on that one. Um, next we've got, uh, three and three quarter inch figures. Matt, back to you. What was the worst Hasbro Star Wars three and three quarter inch figure of 2019? I will nominate as a line all those tubes. Um, just <laughs> because I don't like the whole... The, the Galaxy of Adventure tubes? Exactly. Three and three okay. quarter. Um, just, Wal- you know, Walmart. as an idea, but... Yeah, it's a, it was, yeah, okay. Uh, as far as actual bad figure... <laughs> I'm sure some of those resistance ones were awful, but I didn't open them. No, those are great. Oh, no. Where are the, okay, no, I can open no. them. No. <laughs> don't pick on those. Ones. Those are great. They're Maybe great. They're the best. Okay. There's so many other things to pick on. Not that oh, one. Oh, you're yeah, going to yeah. kick yourself. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, uh, then I'm, uh, again, a lot of repacks that I'd like to pick, but I won't. Um, I'll go with Brock Starsher. Because I thought figure. the hardback was awful, even though I really liked that set. And the idea of putting three vintage figures together with with the card backs is fine. But a boring figure, boring card back. And, you know, just can I do an aside here about the number of figures? Sure. Just, you know, because I did my chart um, <laughs> for the year. And this was not a big year. Uh, not surprising. Uh, we had a total of 96 figures, which is about on par with every year, you know, going of the sequel era. But when you take into account almost 20 of those are those gold figures from Walmart. Uh, we're not, we don't have a lot of figures and we only had like 23 basic carded figures because we're down to the vintage collection. Um, and again, that doesn't count the resistance figures, but that's only six more. So there aren't a lot to choose from. Well, and then also what happens when we remove, uh, reissues and repaints? Well, like and, I just and, said, yeah. 20 carded basic figures this year, which is the last year we had fewer than that was 1996. Well, what I mean, we- even in the vintage collection though, I mean, right. the, how many reissues were there in the oh within the vintage collection? I don't know. Yeah, I mean Third. that's my that's my point. That's yeah. like when you get actual real new sculpted figures, this has to be a tiny tiny year. Right. No, you're yeah. If you take out the repacks within the vintage collection, yeah, we're probably mm-hmm. not in figures. Um, but yeah, I, I was not a fan of the Brock Starcher. Just I thought it was boring. So okay. And oh, and the total number of figures now. After however many years it's been, 25 years, 3,754. Collect them all. Collect them all. I don't know. At this rate, I don't know if we'll ever get to 4,000. Oh, come on. That's well, only uh, 200 some figures away, and they are. We're, we're getting 
for the last four years, we've gotten 80 to 90 figures a year. So, yeah, I don't. And now we're going into a dead. This could be another dark period for another dark age for Star Wars. can make the next three years awful or really awesome. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that going forward, but I'm not optimistic. (laughs) Jason, what was the worst three and three quarter inch figure of 2019? Um, There was several to choose from only because of their laziness and execution. Um, I'm, I was going to go with all of those gold figures from Walmart. Um, but I decided to give the worst offender, uh, the, uh, Dagobah Luke. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Ugly arms that, that should have never been released ever again. So (laughs) hard to argue with that. Yeah. And the photo reel doesn't really improve that figure all that much either. It, the, the paint just, I don't know. At least no. most of the samples I've seen, the face just still looks wrong. So it's an ugly figure. Uh, Chris, what was the uh, worst three and three quarter inch figure of the year? Uh, you pin those uh, gold figures up on the wall and you throw a dart. Whatever you hit, you're got a good <laughs> argument for that one. Um, other than those things, um, I wasn't crazy that Vism was one of the three in that three pack. Um, I, I love the three pack. I love that they were all carded. I'd rather see in a different character other than Vism. Um, oh, yeah, it's those gold figures. Those things are just, yeah, they're a mess. All right, Jake, what was your pick for the worst three and three quarter inch figure of the year? Um, well, I don't uh, honestly. I don't. I don't qualify it as a figure, but Hasbro does. And uh, that is absolutely those value figures. I just picked them up. Those are so bad. I just picked them up. Uh, We don't have Five Below out here, so I had to actually order them from Five Below and have them mailed to me. Um, But I'm looking at the press release, too, because I didn't want to think I was crazy. They call them value figures. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker four-inch value figures assortment. Mm-hmm. That is that is what they are called. And so um, these things have zero... Um, they have zero uh, points of articulation. Um, the, they aren't even painted on the back. Like Chewie's bandolier is painted in the front, but you flip it over and it's not even detailed in the back. Uh, same thing with Stormtrooper. Stormtrooper has no black on the armor once you turn it over. Um, they are, and Vader is the worst. So I have to give it to Vader as the number one worst. If this is considered a figure, even though these are, these are less, less quality than like the applause figures that came out back in the nineties. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he's mostly Cape. He's like a big solid piece of plastic. It's just really like they're, it's, it's a real injustice and disrespect to 42 years of three and three quarter figures to call these, you know, first of all, Rise of Skywalker. They're all OT characters and then to call them figures on top of it. So there all it is. Right. Yeah, that sounds sound. Uh, my pick for the worst figure of the year is the retro collection Han Solo figure because I love that figure so much. And the fact that he does not hold his blaster is, is it hurts. It's painful to take my favorite figure and make it where the first, your first impression of it when you open it is he can't hold his blaster. It's just, um, I don't know. 
I don't know what's going on. I hope if they do more of these figures, which they seem to hint they are, they do them better. Because it's it's a sin. It's a sin to make that Han Solo and who can't hold his blaster. Right. So, um, runner-up are all those gold figures for sure. But uh, And that Dagobah Luke as well. But uh, <laughs> for disappointments, i got to go with that Han Solo. You took my favorite figure and you made it. And that's what you did. So, okay. You did this, Hasbro. You did this. <laughs> Fix it. <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on to vehicles. And you can pick a playset if you want. I know there was at least one this year. So whatever. Vehicles, playset, whatever. Um, worst Hasbro Star Wars three and three quarter inch vehicle playset. Uh, Matt, back to you. Um, I'm going to go with... Um... And not necessarily because it's bad, just because it was so disappointing and overpriced. Mm-hmm. Was the uh, X-wing, the Luke X-wing? Yeah. On the vintage collection. I mean, we've had it before for much less money, and <clears throat> they didn't do it. You know, they could have made an awesome X-wing, as we've uh, seen. Could have put Swamp Juice on it and called it uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yep. You know, I hadn't thought yeah. of that, but you're absolutely right. But then mm-hmm. that would have been a spoiler but um yeah no i mean that's it you know it's not like i said it's a fine thing it's just so old now and why are we paying a 100 bucks for it yep and there's only about three vehicles to choose from so one of them's got to be exactly (laughs) uh jason what was the worst vehicle of the year i too went with the luke x-wing um price alone was the killer for me um i i do have it I was lucky enough to get it from one of our sponsors, but yeah, it's, I would not have spent a hundred bucks on that thing. If you, if, if I had to, I mean, it's, it's just not, and especially not including a figure like, you know, it would have been better <laughs> in some regard, I guess. Uh, maybe it's better that they didn't because I, then people wouldn't have wanted to buy it, but, or would have wanted to buy it. I don't know. It's it. Yeah. X-Wing Luke bad. Uh, Chris, what was the worst three and three quarter inch vehicle this year? Well, I mean, we only have vintage collection vehicles, right? Yep. I can't oh. conscious call any of these vehicles bad. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, There's they're only four. phenomenal. Like four or five I mean, of all the X wings we've ever gotten. That is exquisite. I mean, of I mean, Poe's X wing is phenomenal. The uh, the, the the tank come out this year. No. Was that last year? Last yeah. year. It was last year. Um, I, uh, everything vehicle-wise that they touched is absolute gold, and I've been more. Oh, I've paid full price for every one that I've purchased. I have held off on a couple since they don't necessarily fit in my focusing, uh, focus, uh, collecting focus, or I already have a comparable vehicle, such as Luke's X-Wing. I bought the... Uh, Big's X-Wing when it was the Toys R Us, which is virtually identical except for the, the markings for Luke. So I, I, I can't give a worse. I mean, there's just there's not a bad vehicle out this year. Some are poor, priced poorly, but yeah. Okay. Jake, what was the worst vehicle this year? Um, despite it being the only piece out um, – and something I truly, madly, deeply love. Um, I really don't like the ATST legs, and so I mean, it takes forever to manipulate them and get them to support and 
and you know x y and z we've talked about it you know my first one broke and uh not not this one but the first time they released this mold it broke so unfortunately due to me again it's a victim of over articulation right i would take a power of the force to atst over this hyper articulated one any day um so i have to give it to the mandalorian raider okay i haven't opened mine yet but uh but it's, I mean, it's my, the same. The first it's one it, I ever had, the first one fell off a shelf and broke. And yeah, it was expensive so to replace at the time and before they all got discounted. So I can get, I can go with that. My pick is going to be like most of you and go with the X-Wing. It's not bad. I just wish it would have – just give us a ladder or something extra with it, something we didn't have, a ladder. I know we've got ladders before, right, with the Wedge X-Wing and the Luke – there was a Luke figure – Right, San Diego Comic Con Luke that had a ladder at one point. Smiling Luke, yep. yeah. Yeah. So just give us a ladder or something new, like just something new. F- for a hundred dollars, they really should have. But it's it's still not a bad it's not a bad vehicle. It's just I didn't really I didn't have a craving for another X wing for sure. Um, but there weren't many to choose from. Um, okay, from worst to best. Uh, Matt, back to you. What was the best uh, Hasbro three and three quarter inch vehicle this year? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the bigger one out there for somebody else to grab uh, <laughs> because I want to give uh, proper recognition to Poe's X-wing, uh, which is everything that the Luke X-wing should have been. I mean, it's I mean it's it's awesome. They added for the same reason that last year I loved the the Imperial tank from Rogue One. It's just you know. They're doing great work on their new vintage collection vehicles. There's a lot of detail in the landing gear and just little Easter eggs here and there. You've got that ladder you were just talking about. The figure fits in it fine. Uh, the wing mechanism is awesome. You know, it's, I, I love the Poe X-Wing. I think it's really great and I think it needs to get, needed somebody to give it recognition because I think everybody else is going to go with the, uh, obvious answer this year. So Poe X-Wing. Uh, Jason, what was the best three and three quarter inch vehicle this year? Um, I went with the skiff and not the barge, um, because they upgraded that thing so well over the previous, you know, we've gotten half a dozen of those probably over since it was released in 85. I think that mold came out. Um, it's, it's a huge improvement. And like I said, with the, with the detail they're putting in brand new vehicles from removable panels and paint and scale is a little bit better. It might not be quite exact, but it's better than it was. Um, I went with the, with the skiff it's for, and for the money. I mean, it was, a real, it was a surprisingly inexpensive um, considering what, you know, we kind of expected, I think. Yeah. It is nice. Uh, Chris, what was the best three and three quarter inch uh, vehicle this year? As awesome as the elephant in the room is, I love that skiff. I love, love, love that skiff. It is beautiful. And I mean, I'm not taking anything away from from the barge itself, but I, I would like to pick the skiff too. So. Okay. Uh, Jake, what about you? 
Uh, I'll say it. The cell barge was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was, you know, it lived up to its hype the, over uh, the months and months that we waited and got the updates. And uh, the thing was, I mean, I had zero. I don't recall having any complaints about it. And uh, it was just a, it's a stellar piece. And it's usually at the uh at the center of most everyone's on display collections. It's, you know, it's, um, it's a centerpiece in the star Wars, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, diorama world. And, uh, it's got, it's so intricate, so many pieces move. And I mean, it it just, it, it lived 100% up to what, you know, the HasLab hype and the fan hype and the Facebook groups and everybody, um, did I did I like paying so much for it? You know, no, but I felt justified when I got it in my hand. So, the cell barge. Okay. Pose X-Wing's great, though, too. Yeah, they're all great. All the vehicles this year are great. And the one playset, the Jabba's Palace playset, also great, I think. Yeah. Um, but I'm going. I'm with Jake. It's this, it's easy for me. The sail barge. Once when I got that thing and opened it, I thought if Hasbro does not release one other single toy this year, this has been a good year for Star Wars toys. <laughs> it's just so amazing. I'm I still have a hard time believing it actually got made. It's just it's so crazy. Yeah, the, um, the definitely is post sail barge. The world of Star Wars Hasbro toys. Mm-hmm. Is definitely pre and post cell barge, in my opinion. Yeah. This is yeah. this is uh this is a new hope, you know, uh, how they kind of base the timeline. Oh wait, sorry, correction. Visual guide, all the dates now are based off the Star Killer incident. What, wait, wait a minute, Jake. What are you talking about now? <laughs> in the visual <laughs> guide. What are we doing? Are we talking about the sail barge or the what? No, sorry, I was just thinking about pre and post things. <laughs> Uh-huh. In the visual guide now, they're not using like the Battle of Yavin to be oh. the turning point of like what they base dates on. They base it now on the Star Killer incident from oh. End of Force Awakens. Oh, so okay. you're pre or post Star Killer. All right. Mm. So, well, how do you confirm? How many years is that pre or post Battle of Yavin? Uh, right. How quickly is this going to get derailed? <laughs> 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 I didn't know that, Jake. How did I not know that? Is this is this something new? Visual guide. That, that's what I'm saying. The oh, rise. I don't have Skywalk. it yet. I don't yeah. have it yet. I don't have it yet. Okay. Amazon, sixteen okay. bucks. All right. Um, and we didn't have any Black Series vehicles to talk about this year, did we? Uh, right. Were there any? Did I miss it? No. No. None. None. No. They just none. don't sell, do they? That's the problem. They don't sell. That tread speeder should be a vehicle, right? Uh, let's yeah. Uh, we don't have time for we can Lando's Jawa Sandcrawler tank tread vehicle should be a vehicle. The treadable. Yeah. Treadable. Is that what it's called? Okay. <laughs> it's like something you put in your lunch. <laughs> All right. Um Okay. So let's move on to uh to the non Hasbro figures. Uh the worst non Hasbro Star Wars figure of the year. Matt, over to you. Um I've probably picked these in prior years, but I always I just hate them so much. Um, the diecast figures that you get at the Disney store. Are they still making those? Yeah, I saw them. Oh, I didn't even yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had a whole set when I was at Disney. Um, 
like a 20 piece. It was the whole saga and it was in the new packaging. So yeah, they're still making them. Um, yeah, they're just crap. And (laughs) yeah, I've never cared for them and ah. All right. Uh, Jason, what was the worst non Hasbro figure this year? Um, I, I'm lumping these all into one group. It's the gold Funko pops from Walmart. Ah, Can't stand the gold ones. I, I like Funko Pops, and I, I've collected a lot of them, um, but I can't do the simple spray paint and call it a new thing. You know, I, I just don't like them, so that's my, that's my pick. Okay. Uh, Chris, for you, what was the worst non-Hasbro figure this year? I'm having trouble even coming up with, I mean, Disney Store-made figures, uh, those little solid ones and their toy box ones. I haven't really looked at them close enough to even uh, know which ones I don't like. <laughs> okay. Um, gosh, I, 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 my focuses are so tight that I, I really don't even pay attention to that other stuff. All right. Good problem to have. <laughs> Jake, what was the worst non-Hasbro figure this year? I'm going to go with the Millennium Falcon set with Ray. Oh my and god! BB-8. Ridiculous. <laughs> I just I cringe yeah. at the fact that they made a Falcon that no character can actually fit inside. They they ride on top of it like um like those uh you know there's those uh mini fighters that Lego makes and they're like right. they remind me they remind me of the little um quarter machines that would be outside of Kmart that you would ride in <laughs> like the little spaceship that would rock back and forth. Um. Mm. So that tie fighters similar, Ugh. right? Yeah, no, the both yeah. the any of those vehicles from the toy box line okay. are are crap. All right, I was gonna go with those two actually because I <laughs> I was just looking at those at the, the Disney store uh, just the other day when I went to see uh, the Rise of Skywalker and I thought these are terrible. <laughs> um, but maybe kids have fun with them, so I don't know. But I've changed my mind. I'm not gonna go with those. My I'm gonna do a more general one. Um, my least my worst non-Hasbro Star Wars figure are any characters that Funko Pop has done that Hasbro hasn't, because ah. it bothers me. I want it all in. I want it all in three and three quarter or black series, if that's has to be. But um, I hate how they're they've got to jump on so many characters that Hasbro doesn't do. You mean my Quill Funko Pop that I yes. had to buy? Yes, that, I'll, I'll just say that that's it. That's it. That particular one. <laughs> that because one. I still want that as a, a as a as a as a Hasbro action figure on a Blurg too. So Hasbro, you've got competition. You need to up your game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let's go with the best non-Hasbro figure, and Matt, we'll go back to you. I had a real hard time coming up with a because you know I don't want to talk about you know imports because I don't really pay attention to the. I like mm-hmm. the SH figure arts and the hot toys. They're always really awesome, but I I didn't really get any of those this year. I'll go with the the toy box, uh, the the Kylo Ren that just came out. Um, okay. I like those. The the ship ones that you're talking about are awful because of the scale and all that. <laughs> but the figures themselves, they're not bad. Um, you know, I like them more than the the new five inch Hasbro line, which we have not talked about. Um, so yeah, I mean they're they're solid. It's fine, and for lack of something else jumping to mind, that's what I'll go with. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, 
Jason, what was the best non-Hasbro Star Wars figure this year? Um, I recently picked this up, um, I suppose, a couple weeks ago. It was I think it went up for pre-order maybe in 2018. I'm not sure, but um, I went with the Hot Toys Luke Skywalker from the Battle of Crate. Um, mm, yes. It's, yeah. The likeness is just amazing, and the accessories, and it's just, like I said, I, I, lo- I really love The Last Jedi movie, and I love Luke's that version of Luke from that movie. Yeah. So yep. that was my, that was my big action figure purchase this year. Oh, that's a cool one. I'm envious. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what's your uh, favorite non Hasbro figure this year? Oh, non Hasbro. Let's see who made a road guard this year. <laughs> that, uh, that, that one. <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, gosh, uh, I, I got, I've got cars with Royal Guards on them. I got toys from Galaxy uh, Disney uh, Park area. But I don't have any that I could actually call a legit figure from this year. We'll bend the rules if you can't if you can't decide. <laughs> um. Uh, well, I'll go back and I did buy that five inch uh, Galaxy of Adventures uh, Darth Vader, and he's pretty cool looking. So okay. I enjoy him. And technically he is Hasbro, but I'll let you I'll let that one slide since we didn't really give Galaxy of Adventures a category this year. Yeah. I kinda didn't forget about them, but I didn't really know how to since there's so few of them, I didn't really know how to work them into this. There well, needs to be then a, I want to change my vote. Chris, you ruined it. Credit to that hyper real Vader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? That's all I was gonna say. There needs to be a well, Hasbro catch all. There okay. needs to be oh, a 5-inch, yeah. an 8-inch, and a 12-inch. Like, All right. Group. Next year, if, if, if the Hyper Reel is still going next year and, and Galaxy of Adventure is still going next year, maybe we'll try to work something in where Hasbro we can vote other? them. Yep. Hasbro yeah. Other, yeah. But that's next year. Yeah, Luke, Luke's coming out this next year. So we'll we'll still have Hyper Reel. The best been Luke's coming. Y- yeah. Coming. Will there be any more after that, though? <laughs> Good question. Did Hyperreal Vader ever even make it to the shelf? Baby Yoda. Has anybody seen of Hyperreal Vader at retail brick and mortar? No. 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 Hmm. I don't think okay. I have. And if I did, I think it would probably be someplace like GameStop or ThinkGeek. Yeah. But um, I did mostly. Jake, what was your uh, best non-Hasbro figure this year? Mm. Um. I'm going to say my two runner-ups are at Galaxy's Edge. There is a keychain um, with a light on it, and it's actually, a, um, it's actually a astromech droid from Resistance. It's one of, I think it's Hype Phazon's astromech droid, but it's actually the same model they used in uh, uh, Knights of the Old Republic game. I forget the droid's name right now, T-something. Yeah, so that is a really cool because all you have to do is counter screw out the keychain accessory, and you have a you have a three and three quarter scaled figure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's tied with the what would be uh, scaled with more of a six inch line would be the wind up gonk droid that they also sell at the Droid Depot at Galaxy's Edge. So uh, those are two figures, but. Um, what takes the cake is, and this is going way off the rails, is my blurg that I got from Instagram figure creator has no talent. So I have a blurg that 
is done in the vintage style where it's got the little trap door at the top that oh, you cool. can it's actually like a custom. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's right. a, yeah. Jason, you got one too, right? Yeah. Have you uh, painted it? Nope. <laughs> Are you going to? I haven't decided. I, th- I think I was going to, but the, the more I looked at it and, you know, have it on my shelf, I like the, the rawness of it. So yeah. I think I'm going to leave it. Yeah. All I right. think I am too. I don't trust myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, for me, the best non-Hasbro Star Wars figure, I'm going to go with that that Disney uh, Droid Factory pack from The Rise of Skywalker. Because it's more uh, figures and three three-quarter oh, inch from the new movie that we don't have. Good choice. Damn. I should and if have I had to pick it. one, I guess I would just say, even though it's kind of so small, the Dio. Because yeah. a, it's, a, it's an important, it's, you know, it's kind of, it's a featured but, character in the new movie that Hasbro has not done in three three-quarter. I think it was really, I thought it was a smart choice to give him actual words yeah. as opposed mm-hmm. to make him have droid speak mm-hmm. and yeah. uh yeah so he was now, in years i when i saw the design of dio at first i thought this is going to be so annoying and i'm going to wish this thing yeah. was not in the movie but it, that didn't turn out at all it was fine it, it wasn't that much it wasn't in it enough where i was annoyed yeah they weren't trying to shoehorn it into mm-hmm. the scenes to yep. sell and, merchandise and you know who voiced that character right george lucas yeah. Yeah. We wish. JJ. JJ, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so now we're to the worst non-action figure Star Wars toy of the year, and we're back at Matt. What was the worst non-action figure Star Wars toy this year? Jeez. Uh, uh, so I thought hard. we just did this one. <laughs> uh, there's, there's so many. Um, worst non Come back to me. Okay. I want to. I want to hear what everybody else says. Jason, what was the worst non-action figure toy this They're year? They're all so good. <laughs> um, I'm only going with these because I don't consider them to be action figures because they're just basically static things. Um, it's those value figures from Hasbro. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> I, right. I, they're not. They're not action figures. They're no. okay. There's no action in these right. figures at all. There's frustration. All right. And yeah. that's about it. <laughs> there's pent upness and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris. Okay. I actually found a nice list. I was going through uh, something. I found they, they made a star Wars sewing machine this year. What, but uh, that's not <laughs> going to be my thing. I was almost going to mention that. Cause I'm like really a star Wars funny. sewing machine. But what I would like to call out is that that artwork that we keep seeing get put on everything, the inaccurate vintage artwork of figures that get slapped on every cheap piece of garbage out there. I'm done with that stuff. Stop it. They released the puzzle this year. You can can use the puzzle. Just stop it. (laughs) It's a great one. Or at least get that Power of the Force Biker Scout off of it. Yeah. Oh, and please a, just just find a, a an Endor Luke that has his poncho. <laughs> come on, is it really that hard? Come on, hundred bucks <laughs> at max. <laughs> I'm changing my vote. I'm with Chris. All of that stuff is horrible, 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 horrible. It really, uh, I yeah. Do they think we won't notice? It's like, come on. You're, if you're if you're trying to cater to us, like. I know it's a, getting a smaller and smaller group, but do it right and we'll buy it. But well, you know who's not that even, stuff. You know who's leveraging that? Um, not only Igloo released uh, a bunch of uh, you know like 
igloo yeah. coolers and thermoses and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Levi's is using yeah. those images too on their new yeah. Star yeah. Wars clothing line. Yeah, and and who can we who who is resp- is it, who can we write to about this? Who who could do something about this? I have I've I've ranted too much on this, but you know you have my full support, <laughs> and I will. I will help write letters if someone can find someone responsible at Lucasfilm or Disney licensing. Yeah. Matt, what's the worst non-Star Wars toy this year? Non-Star Wars action figure, not toy. Non-Star Wars action figure. <laughs> now I'm confused. Not, wait a minute. What? I'm getting really confused. I'm sorry. It's late. I haven't had much sleep. Worst what was the non- worst non-action figure Star Wars toy slash product since we're, we're lumping all this other stuff in yes. now? Just toy, not it's not a figure. <laughs> Collectible. There was some bad stuff on that palette that they brought out. Uh, that that lightsaber that you can talk to. Oh, the screensaver. And it's screensaver. Because my kid just shouts "butt" into it. Hey, yeah. It goes around hitting stuff in the store, and it goes "butt, butt, butt." Uh, <laughs> And that's awesome, but it's also uh, awful. So there, the scream saber. That's funny. That's my son funny. loved yeah. that. Was, I he was very happy. I don't happy. know if my son could deal with one of those. My, uh, yeah, that was the my, first thing. Uh, that huge box that Hasbro sent uh, our way. It was that was the first thing that Finn went excited about and started scaring the dog and chasing the dog with it. Um, the you know what was my runner-up though, Matt? Uh, coincidentally, is not the scream saber, but the really small, cheap sabers they have that are hanging from the pegs now. They're like yeah. five ninety-nine, and there's yeah. just like a Jedi and a Sith one, and they're not anyone's actual sabers, and they don't fully retract, and the right. light is weak. It's like but they've sold those forever. No, but like, this is this is. Yes, no, these are cheaper yet. <laughs> these yeah. are these are a quarter of the size of a normal cheap saber that they've done. Like all oh, the blade builders and all that. This is nowhere near that quality. But that's not my that was my runner up. My number one because I was so looking forward to them. And even though I have them all, so yes, my name's Jake and I have a problem. I have all sixteen, no plus three, I have all nineteen of them. Uh it's the dumb McDonald's toys. They are I don't don't get them. They're not cool. They're not. I don't know. I, I collected all of them, but they're so did not leave up to what I wanted a McDonald's Star Wars toy to be. So mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. Yep. Not very exciting. No. My son does like that they light up though. He likes that, but he's three. Yeah. You you um, want to know a sad thing though? You have mm-hmm. almost as many of those. <laughs> based on Rise of Skywalker, as mm-hmm. you do three and three-quarter figures from Hasbro. <laughs> yeah. That's a shame. That's a okay, now fact. we're going to go to um, best non-action figure Star Wars toy. And, Matt, we're back at you. Okay, uh, this one I know. Um, it is the Lego Star Destroyer that came out a couple mm-hmm. months ago. That thing okay. is, I don't have it. I'm mm-hmm. going to get it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't buy a lot of Lego, but... You know, I've seen it at the at the Lego store built and all together, and it is. Uh, yeah, I know it's not as you know, it, the the Millennium Falcon that they came out with two years ago, one year ago, is like technically probably bigger and better, but the Star Destroyer is just awesome. Uh, it's the best Star Destroyer thing anybody's ever made. 
which is, you know, sort of a slap at Hasbro, but mm-hmm. it's awesome. So that's my choice. Okay. Uh, Jason, what was the best uh, non-action figure Star Wars toy this year? Um, for me, um, I am a Yoda focus collector, and I managed to acquire the um, legendary scale Yoda from Sideshow. So I went with that. Oh, okay. It's not really oh. toy. It's a mm-hmm. collectible statue thing, but sure. it's got soft goods, and it's just... It's really great. It's the closest thing I'm going to get to getting a life-size Yoda from the original trilogy. Yeah. Yep. I have that right in front of me. I have the uh, the Pepsi life-size Yoda from episode one. It's like right in front of me right now. And yeah, I think it's, it's actually larger than life-size. Yeah. But um, cool. All right. Uh, Chris, what was the best non-action figure Star Wars toy this year? I I'm gonna have to go with the um off the RPF a guy did a limited run of super accurate metal Royal Guard pikes that I got my hands on so that's what I'll go with it was the most size? oh it's full scale it is almost pi- a, it's probably better than made than the original props were you, you bought a javelin. <laughs> Can you use it to fight people if needed? Yes, you could. I could <laughs> easily kill someone with it. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Uh, Jake, what was the best non-action figure Star Wars toy this year? I have a tie. Um, the first one are the Resistance Mattel ships um, from the Aces because they're awesome and they're what I want in three and three quarter line. And that's kind of how I collect now. I collect things that I want in the three and three quarter line that they don't make in that line. It's a tragedy of my life. And that is tied with the uh, Galaxy of Adventure 5-inch Finn figure. Because I love me some Finn. And he was only even more lovable in this film. And that is my only figure of him from... Again, that's not really a non-action figure, but I'll, I'll allow oh, yeah. it. Because what the hell? Oh, yeah. I forgot. Clearly. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, resistance ships. Sorry, I, I felt right. like I had to work Galaxy's uh, Galaxy Adventure in here. Well, there's somehow. still another chance to work them in. So, <laughs> um, the next round you could work them in if you really wanted. Yeah. Um, for my pick, this was easy for me. Uh, the Black Series Luke X-wing helmet, the uh, prop size helmet. I love those helmets. I, they look great. I have them all on a nice shelf, and they look so cool. Um, it's definitely a cheaper way to get those kind of helmets. Not as nice as some of the true prop replicas, but still uh, serviceable and looks great on display. So I hope they, I know the Boba Fett one's coming out next year. And I hope that line continues. Time will tell. Okay, now we're getting to the, to the two biggies. This is going to be the – this could be from any category, something you've already said. You could repeat something you've already said, or this could be something completely different. But what was the worst Star Wars toy of the year, the absolute worst from any category? Uh, Matt, to you. Um, okay. Um, just first, let me if, – if we can sort of talk about proppy things mm-hmm. for non-action figure toys. Uh, the Galaxy's Edge has these lightsaber hilts – at the antique place, uh, and you can plug the blades into them. They're very similar to those FX lightsabers. 
they're really nice. Um, I picked up a couple when I was there. I, they might be the best of the non-action figure stuff. Hmm. Worst thing of the year. Um, worst thing. Anything. The worst. The gold <laughs> figures, the continuing Funko Plague, those are all... But I could not resist the opportunity to once again give it to the Dagobah Luke. Yes. In that part. <laughs> of the I, you know, I didn't name it the worst three and three quarter inch. Um, it's just the because I was saving it for now. But uh, it's a two time winner for me because I know going back to whenever it came out the first time, I named it the worst, and it's it it maintains its title. So. I don't know if All I right. got to pick it or the whole three pack because the three pack is no, pretty you worthless. Can, but you can uh, just single that one out. That's yeah, fine. I will do that. <laughs> uh, Jason, what is the ultimate? What is the what was the worst Star Wars toy of the year? The absolute worst. Um, mine is gonna, it's going to be kind of tricky. Um, I'm going with the fact that there is no dedicated Rise of Skywalker <laughs> three and three quarter inch line. <laughs> Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Dang it. I'll accept, we'll accept that. Chris, what was the worst Star Wars toy this year? You know, I think they need to issue one more item with that vintage figure um, pattern on it, but include the Dagobah Luke from the vintage collection. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that would do it right there. Um. Ugh. Those dollar store Star Wars figures look pretty terrible. They uh, are. I think I'll give them my vote this time. Albeit, if they make a real guard, I will of course buy it. Can you, can you a imagine? Running theme if, with this show. We yeah. hate it. It's horrible. It's ugly. Uh, we'll still buy it. Yeah. Well. Duh. We all bought that Dagobah Luke. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, the Yoda is not them, bad. I have not. Much. You have not. I have not. Okay, the Yoda, should, the Yoda, spoke, they, should not they upgraded anything. the Yoda. What's yes. it like to have standards, Jason? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm waiting for clearance, and then my, the standards go out the window, but I'm not paying full price for that. Uh. <laughs> Jake. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm throwing the value figures. Yeah, value figures. Those okay. Underneath it. My vote for worst toy, of, worst Star Wars toy of the year is no baby Yoda. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I mean that that I everyone I know at work who don't they don't even like Star Wars, they would never buy a Star Wars toy. They ask me, where do you get Baby Yoda? There is none. Um I know I, I guess for secrecy reasons there was none and I know I know they've put some pre-orders out for May what is it May or something May 4th. getting May 4th. Yeah. Yeah, but the the hype the hype's gone by then. <laughs> Really, yes. and, and of course we'll all be happy to get it then. But um, the memes are good. With no baby Yoda is the worst Star Wars toy of the year. <laughs> the you know what you know what the pre-sales tell you though they tell you they're not gonna hurt baby Yoda in this last episode. So that was a little bit. If if there was no toys mm-hmm. out and we were left with episode seven's ending, yeah. we we would all be like like that meme saying well, like. How does Disney expect me to enjoy Christmas knowing Baby Yoda's in danger? This, this <laughs> episode is airing. This episode is that where everyone's like, is actually airing probably right after that last episode comes out. So yeah, so you you'll may know. be right. You may be wrong. 
people at home might be saying, what are you talking about? Oh, He's no. dead. They, they will not hurt dead, dead, Yoda dead. because that will kill their sales. Do you know how much money they've made on pre-sales? I'm guessing people they would go shoot cancel episode rather than kill baby Yoda at this point. All right. <laughs> I, I was listening to a podcast and I apologize to whoever it was that said this and brought it up. But they said, imagine if you were given the opportunity to be a character in Star Wars, like act and be, you know, a main character in a Star Wars, whatever film, TV show, whatever. But the only the only rub was you were the person responsible for killing baby Yoda. Would you still be in Star Wars? Only if they guaranteed I got a figure made of me. <laughs> there would be death threats against that person. Okay. Now's the big moment. If we uh, had a budget for a drum roll, you'd be hearing that right now. What was the best Star Wars toy any category of 2019? Matt, to you. Um, honorable mention, just because I liked it, but I know it's not the best, is the San Diego Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. The repainted Boba Fett Black Series with the uh, vintage paint. I really like that. It hit, you know, the right heartstrings for me. Uh, but I guess the best toy of the year has got to be the barge. Um, I mean, it's, it, it, you know, it's the sine qua non or whatever you're going to say about the whole, you know, it, it, we, it, it had to be awesome. And it was, you know, it, it did everything that people would have wanted out of a $500 Star Wars toy. So that's my pick. Mm-hmm. All right. Jason, for you, what was the best Star Wars toy of the year? I also picked the barge for this. Um, getting getting unmade Star Wars vehicles is rare nowadays, and this was one against from the original trilogy, uh, Empire, or excuse me, Return of the Jedi. Um, it it had everything that, like you said, everything you would want in a toy of that size and that scale and that price. From you know, it included Yak Face, hey, that was another nice bonus. Um, but yeah, it's that's that's the one I would go with. Okay, uh, and, hey, that reminds me, I don't think I'm. You just mentioned something. I didn't mention my favorite three and three quarter inch figure of the year. I think everyone else did, but I didn't. No, and, I don't uh, think we did. Um, I'm the only one that didn't, though, right? No, I don't think we. I think we skipped it. Yeah. Oh my did. God! Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at my list and I'm like, yeah, I didn't oh. talk about it. Uh, whoa. Oh, okay. Geez. Well, that's gonna be last then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What an oversight. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad at least we were, at least You're it, at a least. Tip, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I've got kids. Okay. Um, okay. So we'll we'll go we'll do that last then. Chris, what was the best Star Wars toy of the year? Well, I slided it on the best vehicle, but I, I got to give it credit on the best overall. That barge, it is a thing of beauty. It's exquisite. Um, and the skiff wouldn't look right without it. So, the barge. Okay. Uh, Jake, what was the best toy of the year? Uh, my runners-up are the Hyper Real Darth Vader and the uh, Boba Fett 6-inch Kenner version. But yeah, uh, I'll throw money at the barge any day. <laughs> okay, um, I'm with you. It's the barge. It's the best toy. And like I said, if that was the only toy they made this year, it was still a good year for Star Wars toys. 
So now we are to the best three and three quarter inch figure of the year. Matt, this is my favorite category. I'm so I can't imagine doing this show without talking about it. Um, The I'll go with the um, Mimban Stormtrooper, which Mm -hmm. might be from last year, depending on if you got it from Asia uh otherwise mm-hmm. it, it was this year i think when it finally hit the walmart um i just liked it i liked the trooper uh they think they did a pretty good job with it with the cape i mean it's you know it's not the greatest cape or anything but again we got a limited set of figures to choose from and i thought that one was pretty good the runner would probably be the uh yak face um because the paint detailing and the colors on that one are are really awesome too. So, mm-hmm. but I'll go with the men band trooper. Okay. Uh, Jason, what was the best three and three quarter inch figure this year? Um, kind of biased here. Uh, I did go with the act face for that one as well. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's such a market improvement over the <laughs> power of the force two version. And it's just, I'm just surprised that we actually got to revisit that figure again. Um, you know, you, you kind of always hope that they're going to remake the original, all of the original figures. But uh, I was glad that this was one that they were able to get to, you know, eventually after all these years. So it looks great on the card. Um, you, you know, you got the the Power of the Force version with the barge. Um, it's just a really, a really great figure. And I have a few in my collection now at this point. Okay. Uh, Chris. Uh, there's several great, um, they, the vintage collection really knocked it out this year. A lot of great figures. Uh, that Sith Jet Trooper is amazing. Vendin, uh, the Shadow Trooper, the Episode 9 Ray, that Luke 3 pack. It's a, it's a repack here, but the, the Jawa, uh, the Tarkin retro figures is fantastic. But I also will pick Yak Face as the figure of the year. It's a good one. Um, Jake, on to you. What was the best three and three quarter inch figure this year? Yeah, I think uh, Yak Face's quality. That's a runner up for me. So was the Luke Skywalker Destiny set, the three pack. Um, you know, technically those aren't you know 100% new figures, so that's why I didn't go with them. But I love, love, love that set. Would love to bring back evolution style sets like that for tons of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Um, you know what? I, I know their role wasn't maybe what we thought they might be in The Rise of Skywalker, but um, I really do enjoy the Knight of Ren figure that we got. It was a new mold, had some great pieces, had some good paint deco. Um, yeah, I'm going with the Knight of Ren. Okay. And hopefully we get more. Hopefully there's more to come. <laughs> I am also going to go with the Power of the Force Yak Face that came with the Sail Barge. The figure is amazing. The card looks so nice. I'm so glad it came with the coin. I hope they do more Power of the Force figures with the coin. I just think it looks so nice. That's such a great figure. Um, I'm glad there was a uh, cheaper one just on the Return of the Jedi card that I was able to buy and open because I'm not going to be opening my uh, Power of the Force one. But it looks so nice on display and... That's that's definitely my favorite. Did anybody open their Power of the Force one? <laughs> I, I did not. Yeah, no. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think anyone here. I think, 
I think Dave Mayett was the only one that butchered a few of them. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Okay, now's the uh, part of the show where we well, we do this every year. We make our predictions for next year as far as what you think is going to happen with the toy figures. Um, Matt, what are your 2020 predictions for uh, Star Wars toys? This is a hard year to, to figure <laughs> out because we're going to see what, what they plan to do. Um I mean, obviously, I mean, there's stuff we already sort of know or know, you know, there'll be some Empire Strikes Back and the retro stuff will uh, continue on with that. And um, I assume we'll get, you know, that other 70 percent of the Rise of Skywalker stuff that apparently we're supposed to get Uh, predictions, Mandalorian stuff. Uh, It's popular. They don't have a whole great deal of of it out. And what else are they going to do? Um, and I mean, I think that's, it's almost such a given that it's not much of a prediction. Um, and other than that, it's, it's like wish casting. It's not a prediction. I just hope they Mm. dig into the last five movies and make the, you know, crazy background characters that I want to see. I mean, like, you know, they've been doing all the marathon on TNT or whatever this weekend and showing all the movies over and over. And I was watching the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. And I remember sitting in the theater. It reminded me of sitting in the theater and like in the scene where they're the separatist cruisers, you know, crash landing on Coruscant and the fire vehicles mm-hmm. pull up next to it. And you see the firefighter guy. And I remember sitting in the theater in 2005 saying, wow, I hope we get that figure. Maybe we will. And we did. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. such a minor inconsequential character. And it's impossible to think, you know, that there's no way we'd get that now. Right. With these last five movies. And, uh, you know, now they've got a couple of years. I'd love for them to try to do that, but I'm not predicting it. I'm just sort of, you know, stating what I'd really like to happen. But my prediction is Mandalorian. Okay. Uh, Jason, any predictions for 2020? Um, I'm just hoping, you know, that we still get a nice, steady string you know you could kind of hopefully they could we could go move past this force friday stuff now and just release products on you know a a decent schedule you know you don't have to build up for some big event you could Mm -hmm. just you could spread things out you could you know represent more of just one um part of the star wars saga or story or timeline whatever you want to call it um there's so much to mine from now you know like we, we don't have any three and three quarter inches figures from the Jedi order game. Um, and there's a lot of cool characters in there, you know, like the different inquisitors and, you know, just the main character, just you get that in three, three quarter inch. Um, there's just, there's just so much potential out there for figures that don't have to be rehashes of things we had before. You know, we, we've had a lot of Luke's, we've had pretty much every Luke come out that we need in um, plastic form. I would say Um, we can move beyond some of the main characters, not discount them totally sprinkle them in. However, you know, throughout the year, but you know, I think the line will benefit for, you know, getting back into some of those background, more tertiary characters that, fill out dioramas or, you know, make 
that you can make stories up with, you know, like you did as a kid. You know, we know all the Skywalker stories and Han and and the main the main cast, but I would like to get some more some more background characters. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what are your predictions for next year? Oh, it's, it could go either way. I mean, right after Revenge of the Sith ended, we were ramping up to probably the golden age of the modern action figure collecting. Um, but the the toy industry is in a totally different place now than it was in 2005. Um, I would like, I'm hoping that some of the intense uh, secrecy lightens up. And we can start getting some of those background characters, and there's time to. And Hasbro is allowed to choose their own characters, that they're not being force fed a set number of characters that they're going to have to push. Um, yep. As far as a prediction, I, I want to believe. Better days are ahead of us, and that more stuff is coming, and good quality figures. Um, but I, I'll, I'll be hopeful. Okay. All right, Jake, what do you predict? Yeah, prediction versus want wishing is is the difficult line. I mean, I predict uh, a low amount of three and three quarter. I think you know we we saw some supplemental lines this year with resistance and the skywalker saga and the retro collection i think those are going to be reduced i think uh we're going to get you know every quarter we'll get a wave of vintage figures um i don't think three and three quarter is hasbro's focus going forward um i think they're going to parade and rely heavy on six inch because that's a that's a good seller for them and they make more money off it um I think uh, you'll see the implementation of maybe a few different type of lines. Uh, like we saw those Baby Yoda 2-packs. That's called the Bounty Collection. They're kind of uh, stylized a little bit. Um, you know, I don't want to say Funko-ish, but they're, you know, they, they have a different look. They're not realistic. Um, I think that Hasbro is going to retain Star Wars license. But I think they will only have it exclusive in six inch. I think they will let their other scales be explored by other companies. Um, we know that Mattel's already got a little bit of uh, involvement. They're releasing some Baby Yoda stuff. So um, I think you'll see a higher amount of Star Wars stuff from Mattel. Hence, like the Barbies that have come out and um, other lines like that. So I think has uh, Mattel's losing lots of customers or uh ips this year and i think they're going to be aggressively going after others and i think star wars will be one that disney will let them share to an extent i think hasbro will want to protect their six inch line but not so much their others because i mean they only release two new 12 inch figures whereas normally you have you know a smattering of characters they did kylo ren which is a helmet repaint and a uh, sith trooper that's it so Clearly, they don't even put in much thought or effort into the 12-inch line either. So I think they'll let other people explore. Um, now, as for what I want, yes, I want Power of the Jedi. That's what I want. That type of line 
is one of my all-time favorites because it gave you new versions of your core characters and it gave you lots of cool background characters and army builders and it was just a great line to build out your Star Wars scenes and character lines. So if anything, I would hope we would go into a Power of the Jedi era, but uh, unfortunately I'm not hopeful. All right. Um, last year I predicted, like, I made a more specific prediction than just kind of speculating what the line I do. Um, I predicted that we would get a um, Darth Maul um, figure from specifically from Solo in the Black Series. That was my <laughs> prediction last year. Um, that no. did not come to be. So I was wrong on that. I figured that was a no-brainer. Like, yeah. You know, people yeah. like Darth it's Maul. Right. I mean, it just seems like it seems like the figure they would do from Solo. Um, but that didn't happen, so maybe maybe they are done with Solo. Um, I predict that the Galaxy of Adventure line will not <clears throat> make it through the year. I think it'll it'll fizzle out, and by this time next year, it'll be done. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my prediction. Clone Wars. Clone Wars is coming. They said they're going to support it. I mean, I think they will support it with those repacks of those uh, vintage collection Clone oh, Wars figures. Oh. And I think if we're lucky, they'll they'll re-release Ahsoka on her vintage card since that's so in demand. Yeah, that's a crime though. But I think that's, that's the, only the way. extent of of the Clone Wars. They're gonna that vintage collection stuff. I don't think there's gonna be a Clone Wars line. I I would love to be wrong, but yeah. Yeah. And I do think Hasbro will retain the license. I do. I do as well. Yeah, we haven't heard, you know, it's 2020 this yeah. time, so. Yeah. What is it? Two months? Is it two months till Toy Fair or less? February. Yeah, two Around months. Around Valentine's. A little less. All right. Hopefully we'll get some answers about the future at Toy Fair. Hopefully. I love learning about what's to come at toy fair Mm -hmm. whereas before i mean with these december releases they haven't been as forthcoming but yeah if there's no real big targeted push you know you know they could and i i know you had probably hopefully this doesn't happen they could if when season when is whenever season two of uh of uh mandalorian comes out maybe they'll have a mandalorian friday or something (laughs) mando monday oh yeah (laughs) All right. Anything else anybody wants to add before we wrap it up? I have spoken. <laughs> this is the way. All right. All right. Thanks for uh, joining me on the show from this week in Star Wars. Matt Fox. Happy, happy new year to everybody out there. And let's see what the, the future holds in a post Skywalker saga world. Ooh. Yes. We are finally going to new territory. Uh, Bring on Ryan Johnson's trilogy to really unite the masses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I predict. Yeah, I predict that won't happen. (laughs) And I liked the last Jedi. I just I think that's probably scrapped. Well, they also had to scrap (laughs) Game of Thrones guys. Yeah, I think everything everything they told us was going to happen probably isn't. They're probably replanning things as we speak. <laughs> Hopefully it's good stuff. We got Obi-Wan. If deliver more good TV shows, I'll be happy. All right. Um, Let Favreau do it. Give him control. 
Maybe well, they will. Kevin Feige's expressed interest, remember, into jumping out of MCU to do a Star Wars film. How yeah. Can, yeah, and I'm glad he's doing this. I mean, that's great that he's doing a Star Wars film, but he can't manage both. He can't manage MC, Marvel Cinematic Universe and Star Wars. It's got to, you can't manage both of those, I don't think. Yeah, well, can you? His, I mean, well, I don't know. What does it do for Marvel? I mean, everything now because yeah, but I, I mean, they just wrapped do? up. They just merged Marvel's uh, television into Marvel Studios. They also mar- merged Marvel Comics into Marvel Studios. Like Kevin Feige is now has a huge umbrella, and that's why they've scrapped all these TV shows that they originally announced with Marvel Television. They scrapped them because they want everything to come out of Marvel Studios. So all these Disney Plus shows that they have announced for Marvel, they're all being done by Marvel Studios. So I've never watched any of the Marvel TV shows. Are, so but you don't have to because they're not. They were Marvel Television going mm-hmm. forward. Everything after Runaways, which is currently on right now, after Runaways, everything will be Marvel Studios, and it will impact the films and vice versa. Whereas in the last ten years, the shows everything's were, connected. Well, <laughs> the first season <laughs> of Shield was, but. Um, but yeah, so things aren't haven't been tied like they will be going forward, and I think more mm-hmm. tied than even you know uh, Baby Yoda heals using the Force and then Ray does it next week. You know, they're going to be more interacted. Yeah, that was that was I thought that was great. <laughs> good sync, uh, good uh, synergy between the show and the movie. I thought. Well, I predict that Baby Yoda is going to be something that Palpatine uses to clone Snoke because... Oh, God. No, no, that has to be. That has to be because he, he's he's cloning a Force user, which we've never had before. We've had clones yeah. before, but not a Force user. So where else would that come from than Yoda, Baby Yoda? I predict Baby Yoda... I predict Baby Yoda digs up those lightsabers and uses them. <laughs> All right. Uh, Chris, thank you. Yes, thank you all. Uh, see you again in the next year. Yep. And Jake from com. Always fun talking toys, boys. Always. Yep. Uh, yeah. Let's uh, all wish good thoughts for two, 2020's uh, yeah. toy um, futures adventures. <laughs> futures wide open. Anything could happen. Right? Yep. And uh, Ryan, Ryan, uh, Mr. Bizey on YouTube could not join us tonight, but uh, next time we talk to him, we'll uh, we'll see what he thought. <laughs> From yakface.com, Jason, thanks for joining us once again. It was great being on. Love talking toys, and um, look forward to doing it again in 2020. And um, it's been great. And I hope everyone has a great Christmas and good New Year. All right. Um, did I miss anything? Anyways, for Galaxy of Toys, this is Jason saying goodnight, but not goodbye. Just one more round, friend, then homeward bound, friend. Don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend, and then so long, friend. The nights get shorter, it seems. Just one more rhyme, friend. Yes, it's a crime, friend. But you know time, friend. Time.
Lion can fly. So it's good night, friend. Good night, but not goodbye.